Many of you are sorely, uh, sorely aware of the power outage today. Yes, unfortunately, in Houston, Texas, we're not used to having uh, anything in the 20-degree range. And um, apparently they didn't, uh, they being the power company, didn't put uh, enough power, build in enough power into the system to be able to handle everybody's heater being on. Now, my heater is gas-powered, so I don't know. I'm doing my part. I think we had... I think we had about four hours total power outage here today at the XJTalk.com studios. And I use that term loosely. Well, I guess first off I should say, my name's Tony Mudderoy on XJTalk.com. And tonight will be our second half of the Greeny Argonard interview. Did I say inter? Interview. I want to thank everybody for showing up to the show an hour late. Not you, but me. I'm an hour late. But I had a good excuse. Did I mention we were without power? If I had a bleep button, I would have used the word. Jim's favorite word. We'll get started here in just a minute. I don't know if Rini's going to be able to make it with us uh, tonight because uh, you know he gets up at the crack of 3 a.m. every day. We'll get it started here in just a second. This segment brought to you by DetoursUSA.com. Ten years of innovating, not imitating XJ products. Check out www.DetoursUSA.com. And Detours wants to remind everyone to practice safe sex. No pig borking till you wrap that rascal. I gotta wait for the pig. XJTalk.com. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. Do you have questions or comments that you would like played on the air? We've set up voicemail just for that purpose. All you have to do is call 530-675-4102. Just leave your name, your location, and your question or comment. Chances are good it'll get played on the air. That number again is 530-675-4102. We look forward to hearing from you today. Hey, I just wanted to tell you about XJTalk.com. It's a great site. There's no bashing. Everybody's nice and friendly. Great place to be. Well, that's only partially too, partially true. We do have bashing on bashing night, <clears throat> but it, but everybody enjoys it. 
xjtalk.com. xjtalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. Okay, guys. <clears throat> it's not going to be the normal polished uh, show that you're you're so accustomed to since uh, I normally have about two hours to get things together and going prior to the um, prior to the actual broadcast. So it's just going to be what you get what you get tonight. But I think it's all right. I've been doing it long enough where I think um, I think I've got it down fairly well. I gr- I agree. So what's up with you guys? I see we've got a whopping three people in the chat room. Uh, it says number of viewers is two, and I still haven't looked up what that what that fourteen means. Oh, and I need to I need to change this to part two of two. Rini interview. Yeah, see these little things like this should have been taken care of by the staff. So you guys are very silent in the uh, in the chat room. Are you? Is it stunned silence? I see Weldman, um, Stefan, Punisher, and that's it. And Rini hasn't responded yet. I wonder if he's already in bed. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. I asked him. <laughs> If he was in, he says, nope, going to bed. Well, good. We're going to be talking to him. So there will be no Q&A tonight <laughs> of Mr. Rini. Let me, uh, let's see. Uh, I got a tan today. Punisher says, everybody else has power problems too. Uh, Weldman says, uh, me too. I was welding though. I guess that was because that was your power problem. Stefan says, wow, you per- pronounced my name very correctly. Stefan B74. Oh, and I just got notification from uh, Site Uptime, which is a uh, internet service, telling me that the uh, telling my, telling me that the xjtalk.com website is back up. Good to know. Okay, I'll join you guys here in the chat room in just a second. Let's uh, let's get this interview part two of Rini Argonard from xjtalk.com, his interview. And here we are back with uh, part two of the uh, interview with Rini Argonard from xjtalk.com. And my name is Tony Motoroy on xjtalk. Rini, thanks for uh, sticking around for this uh, second half. Oh, no problem. I enjoy it. So, uh, what I was thinking, we left off um, on the last um, bit of the interview where we were talking about uh, what it is that you need to go off-road, which is um, basically the Jeep. Uh, Of course, we believe it's the Jeep Cherokee. And uh, some recovery points. And, uh, you know, maybe a winch if you can, uh, if you can swing it. But, um, I think that, um, some of the things that you've added to yours, because, you know, even though you have a lift, it's not a, a four and a half inch, a six and a half inch lift. It was a modest lift. And, uh, you've certainly been able to go, uh, a bunch of places, uh, just because of the ability of the Jeep and having the rear axle locked. But, um, you did put some recovery points on your vehicle uh, by way of custom 
bumpers. Yes, I did. Um, well, what I actually did, I, you know, like everybody else who has a Jeep like ours, I started out with, you know, three and a half inch lift, thinking I'll only put 31s on it, I'll never go any bigger. But what was that wrong? Uh, I wish I would have went four and a half. In all honesty, I wish I went four and a half and went 33s from the get go. I didn't do that. Um, now I've ended up cutting my fenders and putting 33s on it, but you know it works for me. And yeah, yeah, I got to the point where mine. I got to looking at my Jeep one day and I said, you know, I got to make a decision if I'm going to wheel it, you know, and not care about body damage, or if I'm going to start, you know, maybe not wheeling it so hard and trying to keep the body looking pretty like yours. And well, as you can tell, I gave up on the body work. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you. That's a that's a great plan, but unless you have the funds to to buy another vehicle, or um, you're just not going to go out and have fun with it anymore, you know that's that's really your only your only choices. You could get another one, or decide I'm not going to drive it off road. Uh, and if you're going to drive it off road, you don't wheel it hard. You you drive it like I do. Uh, I, I take it easy. Of course, I get into a situation where I'm saying, you know, damn it, I'm going to get up that embankment, and then I do some damage. But um, Mine is uh, is very minor and, and uh, more cosmetic than anything else. <clears throat> you've certainly, uh, with just the oversized tires that you've used, and when I say oversized tires, tires that were really too big for the the size lift that you had, you know, you've really done some some things, uh, some uh, I don't want to say damage, but you really uh, pushed some fenders in with those tires. Yeah, I've I really mutilated my. Um yeah, I pretty much mutilated my front fenders by doing what I did. Oh, and actually, uh, this wasn't the direction I was going with this, but now that I remember, now that I say that, I remember you talking about uh, potentially going with some uh, customized uh, fiberglass fenders. Fiberglass, right? Yeah, that's what I was actually thinking. Yeah, those things are pretty... I was actually pretty... looking at the, uh, the pre-runner fenders that some of the guys in the pre-runner type Jeeps, the Jeep Speed people use. Um, they have a, it, it's cut probably as much or maybe even a little more than mine, but it's also extended six inches out. So that way it covers up some of these big tires. And for some of you who have Jeeps in states that have fender flare, uh, requirements, them fenders might not be a bad idea for y'all. Um, I found them on one online site for like $160 for the pair. Now, of course, it's also $90 to ship them. To the Continental 48, but you know it's a it's a thought, and I may still go that way with mine. Um, haven't made up my mind for sure. The only thing I'm a little concerned with is fiberglass and trees don't get along. That was going to be my next question: was uh, how are you how are you going to um, to address that potential issue? Because <clears throat> I mean, uh, they're actually. It sounds like they cost about as much as some some bushwhacker flares if you were just to buy two of them. Um, but, um, gosh, the bushwhacker, you can kind of take off and throw to the, throw on the ground and keep going. You, uh, the, you crack that fender, I guess you wind up with, uh, duct tape. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that would go along with the rest of my Jeep. <laughs> Poor Jeep. But no, actually, you know, I, I kind of know what I would do. I was, I've been in the thinking and in, in the works about making me some tube type flares out of, you know, steel, and I'm going to actually weld them to my uh, my rock rails and my front bumper. And if I decided to go with the fiberglass fenders, I would just 
make them a little bigger than what I originally thought. You know, kind of bring them out right to the edge of the fender. That way, if I were to rub something, I'm actually rubbing the tube instead of the fender. Yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. I, I, I go back. To, I can't remember who it was, but I go back to the the guy on the site that uh, that built some of those um, tube fenders, and there was a picture of him standing on them uh, with them mounted to the Jeep. And I thought those things really looked good, and uh, certainly were very strong. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a 250 pound uh, uh, gentleman, but uh, certainly in the 150, 180 range. So they were they were substantial. Anyway, right. go, going yeah. going back to the uh, the the bumpers that you made that gave you the the uh, toe points so that you could be pulled out uh, and also to have the ability to mount a winch. Those are all uh, things that you that you um, built yourself. Uh, just cut up the metal, envisioned it, cut up the metal, and welded it together, and um, painted it a bright green, uh, which I think was was just marvelous because that that green and the and the dark color of your Jeep uh, really sets it off. It's kind of like a, um, look at me, get the hell out of the way, something. Yeah, it's really funny because my my bumpers do tend to make people move out of your way when you're running down the road. I was noticing that there is a lot of um, a lot of nicks and chips and stuff on your paint. I did not realize how much um, action those bumpers have seen. Uh, and I'm talking about the the stinger on the front bumper had a lot of uh, a lot of marks on it. Yeah, I am. Um... I wheel my Jeep pretty hard. I, I mean, everybody says that you can't wheel them hard down here. Well, tell you what, I, I I would beg to differ with these people and say, you know, come for a trail ride with us. You might be pleasantly surprised what you have to drive your Jeep through, um, but don't be afraid to get it dirty because you're going to get dirty down here. Yeah, easily. I guess we're kind of lucky uh, at, um, at Creekside that it's more sand than it is mud because... I know closer to Galveston and, uh, you know, the Bay and uh, Gulf of Mexico, you get uh, closer to the um, to the gumbo, uh, that stuff, that mud that is, gosh, it almost leaps off the ground and sticks to you. It's, it's so sticky. Um, and, and after watching that video that uh, Scott uh, XJ4IV put up on the, uh, on the site, I understand why he doesn't like mud. <laughs> he got, oh, yeah, that one where he's like, not even stuck, but he's just spinning on top and is throwing up these big gray clunks of crap. <laughs> yeah, and he was just—he was stuck there. And then I saw him uh, in the video. He's out of the jeep and he's sinking down in it. <laughs> I think he was better off in the jeep than he was out of it. Oh, I know. He said he—he uh, he was actually telling me he lost a pair of rubber boots in that in that mud. Yeah, it, it is. It just really—it just sucks it. Suck, you know, sticks to you and sucks things off of you, and it's just amazing. I mean, that to me is what being off road is because that was whenever I was, you know, twenty two, twenty four, and I had my first four wheel drive uh, in, in Baytown. That's the kind of off road mudding. And when I hear people say, you know, mud's nothing. You know, you need to get rocks for a challenge. Rocks are more challenging. No, you get into gumbo. <laughs> it's very challenging. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you get in the type of mud that, that that video was taken in, it matters none what tires you have. No, they you can up. have, you know, three thousand horsepower in boggers or paddles, 
and you're still, still not going to go through it. You go a little bit. The the, the trick is uh, the line and uh, your forward momentum. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and of course the sliding around, and uh, there's there's not as much risk of, of flipping in the mud as you are uh, in the rocks. And I understand that's part of the part of the appeal because you're doing something that not everybody feels comfortable doing. But anyway, so so you got some toe points. I know that you've used the the rear bumper because um, I saw uh, mm-hmm. I saw you recovered out of a nice mud hole. Uh, water-filled mud hole. Uh, that was actually the same same place that I saw you. Uh, I think that was the first time you had 33s on your Jeep, and you bent that fender, uh, the back of the fender, uh, pretty bad uh, trying to go through that hole. But you used, uh, you got winched out um, that day from that from the rear bumper. Uh, any have you used the the front bumper at all? I mean, as far as somebody winch uh, pulling you out, or just is it? Have you just used it for pulling yourself out using your winch? Um, actually, both. I have actually um, used it to pull people. You know, used it to get pulled out of something. Um, only because I went through a big mud hole that somebody else had just went through, and they got winched out. Well, when I got stuck, the other guy was sitting there already with his winch pulled, so he just looked at my bumper and pulled me out too. Instead of unraveling my winch, um, so yes, I have actually used it as both. Um, you know, in run into trees with it. I've run into, you know, you name it. It's been a hold. You know, it's been in. It's been in contact with it, and so far, just as solid as a rock. Now, the um, I know that you got a special deal on the metal that you used to to build those bumpers. But if you had to estimate a, a cost. In both uh, dollar amount and time, what do you think it would be? Dollar amount for the metal, probably somewhere between fifty and a hundred bucks. Okay. In all honesty, mm-hmm. um, time. Well, be, being that I've built that bumper three times now, <laughs> um, you could probably buy a set of bumpers for what I have in my front bumper, only because of how many times I've rebuilt it. When I first built it, it was just a solid single piece of metal across the front, no contour, no nothing. Um, got sick of looking at that, cut it down, and put a taper on the ends. Um, got sick of looking at that, cut it down, and put more of a taper in, angled it into my, you know, into the front end a little bit more. So, yeah, um, I've been through this bumper several times now. Right, but, I mean, when you say you could probably get a, buy a bumper, it's really not uh, an, a monetary investment more than what you what you were just saying fifty or hundred bucks for the materials. It was just a time investment, and and I would imagine you kind of enjoyed that, if not enjoyed doing it, enjoyed the outcome of how oh, yeah. how your yeah, vision uh, came to life on on the Jeep. Oh yeah, I, I wouldn't. You know, at this point, you know, multiple reasons. I have a real hard time paying for something I know how to do myself. Um. And I guess that's because, you know, everybody who makes bumpers and stuff, most of these people are very good welders, and I'm a very good welder. So, you know, I mean, I have a hard time paying for something that I know I can make. You know, I may not, mine may not be as nice as some of the other bumpers out there, but I know I can do it. Right. I could actually make something as, as nice as yours if I had the time to actually sit down and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, the welding and the grinding, I mean, anybody can weld and grind. And that's one thing for everybody, and anybody and everybody who's thinking about doing that themselves, remember, grinder's your best friend. Now, with uh, with the bumper that you built, um, I mean, in, in I guess in, in defense of the time that you spent on the bumper and the its artistic uh, value, that's not really the that wasn't really your goal with this bumper. Your your goal was for something that was functional. Um, any kind of um, um, artistic or um, wish to make it look better was really the the next two or three times that you ran, took a run at it. So well, I think I'll try this, and I'll think I try this, and but but the ultimate goal was recovery points and protection, and you know a place to put the uh, put the winch. Correct. That that is the truth. When I put the very first bumper on there, would it have worked for everything I wanted to do? Oh yeah. You know, I, I knew I was going to put a winch on the Jeep eventually. So when I built the original bumper, I made it exactly where it's at now. It was sitting in the same spot. Um, I've just improved from the bumper, you know, the uh, uh, bumper mount brackets out is the only improvements I've made to it. And they were just strictly for make it prettier. But, yeah, I um, I knew what I was going to do. I knew I needed recovery points, and I knew I was going to put a winch on it. So the very first bumper I built was set up to do that. So you, uh, if you had to uh, estimate a time that it took you to, or not that it took you, but that it would take you, knowing what you know now, if you just had the metal and you got out there and you put this thing together, how much time do you think it would take you to, to build that bumper? You know, for a second time. And I, and I understand that it would probably go a little faster knowing what you know. But this would give the, the listeners an idea how much time investment they would have to put into building their own bumper. Honestly, for the front bumper, for to build it exactly what I have now, you could probably duplicate it and not using big fancy tools. I mean, I, most of my bumper was cut up with a, uh, you know, a, a, either a, 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 sheesh, my bumper, almost all the metal in my bumper was cut with either a sawzall or a grinder and welded together with a, a pretty nice welder. Um, I would say you could probably duplicate it in half a day, three quarters of a day. You know, so certainly a weekend. Four or six hours. Yeah. Certainly a weekend uh, would be able. You could have a bumper for your Jeep. So oh, easily. So uh, you know, hundred, hundred and fifty dollars uh, worth of metal. Um, you know, overestimate a little bit, and um, a weekend. Now you've got your own custom bumper on your Jeep, and you have a place to put a winch if you choose to get one, and place to put lights all kinds of stuff so it's something that that anybody can do if you have access to a welder and i would assume that you could even do that with an arc welder uh that you could rent oh yes you could um i did mine with a mig welder uh, only because that's what i have access to more than anything um and for anybody who is thinking about doing something like this always remember if you have a scrapyard around they sell metal as well as buy it well, that's interesting. They yeah. did, did not know that. They will sell it by the pound, just like they do buy it by the pound. So, yeah, if you actually go in there and say, hey, look, I'm looking for some, you know, two-by-four square tubing, you know, six-foot long, do you have any? And they'll tell you yes or no, and they'll tell you how much it is. So don't ever forget that that's always a viable option. 
Yeah, I guess the hard part is uh, knowing where they are. Well, you know, you live out in Katy. I live in Conroe. We're, I don't know, pretty good-sized town, I guess, what, 70,000 or 50,000 people? Right. Um, we got probably 10 or 15 scrapyards in this town. I guess that's how you'd look it up would be scrapyard. Yeah, scrap metal. Scrap metal. And the uh, the rear bumper, uh, there wasn't a lot to that one, if I remember correctly. The, I mean, you didn't put near the amount of time into the rear bumper, did you? No, no, not even close. The rear bumper is literally um, a couple pieces by, uh, of 2x2 two two square tubing and then a piece of 2x4 square tubing um, with a couple end caps that I made for it. Originally, I was going to go ahead and form it into the body, you know, just like the body is on the back of the, the, the form of the back of it. But my Jeep got hit pretty hard in the rear, and I'm actually afraid to take the rear bumper off. Um, if I, I'm afraid if I took the bumper off now, I wouldn't get it back on because I'm afraid that the body would just flex enough that the bumper just wouldn't fit back on there. Um, I'm probably wrong in that, but, you know, once it got hit, I'm, I'm good with leaving it the way it is. Yeah, you know, why risk it if you don't uh, if you don't have to? It, it certainly has proved itself from that, uh, the uh, Toyota um, passenger vehicle that, that rear-ended you. So, um, <laughs> so uh, you have the recovery points on the on the rear bumper, and um, it's it's a very simple uh, bumper, but it, it it does does what what's needed. Would you say that the cost of the metal uh, for that would be more or less than what you spent on the front bumper? Way less. So fifty would be a, a good uh, a good guess. Yes. And and I would I would assume that the the time to uh, put that together probably would be in the couple hour range. Yes. Okay. So I mean, you know, not even you know, I I would say a couple hours because one of the things I did different than everybody else has done. I didn't mount mine back to the stock locations. It is, but it isn't. My my plates that hold the rear bumper on a quarter inch thick, and they're bolted in the four factory holes. But I also took the square tubing, the two by two square tubing, and cut out the back frame rail and slid the tubing in as far as it would would go, which was all the way to the shackle bolts. And I actually, on the bottom side, I've drilled a hole up through there, and I've actually got the bumper bolted to the frame as well. And what I did is I drilled a hole up through the metal and threaded it with a tap, and then just screwed a screw in there. So I've actually got five holes on my rear bumper that I hold it in. I mean, as you say, you know, I took a Toyota out with it, so yeah, <laughs> it's plenty strong. <laughs> yeah, uh, and of course, the, the the bumper that I got from uh, Detours um, has a similar type of attachment. It's not as as um, um, in depth uh, as what yours is. But it's just a bracket that goes inside that uh, the the unibody, and of course, you that's what you need. You need that that um, connection that runs parallel to the unibody so that you can get the, the strength to keep the bumper on, if nothing else, especially as a tow point. You don't want to just hook into the eight bolts that hold the the bumper to the body because those, no, that's yeah, going to come off. No, definitely don't want to do that. Right. So you do need to tie into the, the unibody, and the, that's those rails that, that Rini's talking about where he actually went into inside of them and, and bolted to. So that's exactly the way you need to do it. And to be honest with you, Tony, on my bumper, I was going to put a receiver hitch on it. I didn't end up doing it because of it being hit. Um, but I am now rethinking I'm going to go ahead and put a receiver hitch on it because my son now has a dirt bike that I like to, I'd like to. i like to take with me, and in order to do that, I'm going to have to have a receiver on mine. But 
I would trust putting a receiver on mine. And, you know, I mean, our Jeeps are, you know, they say they can carry 5,000 pounds. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't really want to haul around 5,000 pounds behind the back of my Jeep. No. So my Jeep will probably tow it. It ain't going to stop it. Right. It, it can barely stop itself with the oversized tires. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, um, I would I would trust putting a receiver hitch on mine and carrying around a little, you know, 5 by 10 trailer and never think twice about it. Right. Um, my bumper's plenty strong enough. I know my hitch points are, I mean, I know my uh, my my points that I have attached to my body are plenty strong enough for that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure. I, I mean, I would haul it and never think twice. So the uh, the only other thing that uh, that I at least comes across my mind that you've made uh, is the sliders, and um, so uh, the sliders. Uh, how much of material do you have? Oh, and for those of you that don't know what sliders are, basically what they're designed to do is to allow you to, to slide the body of the jeep over things that are hard. Um, it keeps the the bottom the rocker panels from being dented. It keeps the bottoms of your door. Uh, in many cases, from being dented, um, they're often used in um, whenever you're uh, doing. Uh, I want to say rock climbing. Whenever you're uh, going over obstacles like rocks, because you know you may get the wheel up and over the rock, but the rock is going to come up, or I guess the jeep's going to come down to the rock. And if if there's nothing there to protect you between the body, the 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 thin sheet metal of the body, and the rock. It's going to damage your body. So people put these long metal tubes, and they can be tubes, round or square, and I think there's other designs, and that basically take the impact of those rocks and actually allow you to slide your Jeep across, and those heavy-duty tubes uh, protect the body of the Jeep. And what Rini did was he built his own sliders. Now, we don't do rocks here, but I can tell you that uh, tree stumps, um, trees. I mean, you know, if you, if you go up and over a tree, depending on how hard you come down, you may make contact between that log that's on the ground and the bottom of your Jeep. So the, I would think that the, the sliders were probably about as easy as making that rear bumper since they're just, uh, basically, um, long square metal tubes that you actually the i would think the most difficult thing is finding the best way to connect them to the the body of the jeep and i and I, you you actually have those run to the unibody correct yeah yeah mine are welded on mine are actually mine fit flush with this pinch seam on the body and i have it tacked to the pinch seam and then i have uh some more square tubing coming from the unibody to my rock rails and they're all welded together mine are permanently there. Mine will never be removed from my Jeep. And there's no problem with that, right? I mean, uh, unless you were going to, I guess, turn it back into a, um, a grocery getter. Um, and even at that, what it doesn't hurt. I mean, the how much how much do you think those sliders weigh? Uh, maybe 30 pounds, 50 pounds? If, I don't even think they're 30 pounds a piece. I mean, 30 pounds for the pair. They're pretty light. Pretty light. Um, they're not made out of the thickest material that I could find. Um, they're just, you know, two by four square tubing, I don't know, probably, you know, uh, I don't know, three sixteenths thick or so. Um, the metal form I actually got for free. I have zero money in my sliders, but it's because of what I do for a living that I, an, I ended up with a lot of extra metal and I've cut it up and made them, you know, for my, for my Jeep. But, uh, 
um, they were actually, believe it or not, probably more complicated than my rear bumper. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. The the Not making the sliders themselves, but the attaching the sliders to the body. That was very um, time-consuming. I mean, a lot of grinding, a lot of uh, making it work. Because you have to, with the way I have my my runners run from my, body, I mean, from my frame to my rock sliders, I have it welded on both sides of the pinch seam, and I had to grind the slot in there and make them slide over the pinch seam just right. And, and it was, um, it, it probably took me half a day or more just to do the attaching the sliders to the box, the, to the Jeep, but it did make them. And you've also, uh, because of uh, what you've gone through and what you've experienced uh, after having the sliders on there, you've actually uh, found that you should have done one extra thing to those sliders, right? Yes. They don't stick out far enough. If you rub a tree, you're still dating your doors. So not only uh, can you protect the, the, the rocker and the bottom of your doors from objects coming up from the, well, I keep saying coming up. They they appear to come up because you're coming down on them. Whenever you go up and over an obstacle, your, your Jeep can come back down on top of that obstacle and damage the, the rocker panel and the bottom of the door. But also, too, you can use a slider if you have it out far enough to keep you all, keep uh, trees and rocks and, uh, I guess, pedestrians from actually impacting the side of your vehicle. And that's what Greeny's talking about is that he's got the, the slider where it protects the, the bottom of the Jeep, but it doesn't really protect the side of the Jeep. And, you know, you can still, um, you know, not all trees are straight. Trees have limbs, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But certainly if you're... Uh, in a situation and all of a sudden, you know, you, you're trying to get in between um, trying to go by this tree and uh, the Jeep slides, well, you could be up against the tree very quickly. And you're... Well, that, that, Johnny, and another thing you use them for is pivot points. Um, you can actually use your sliders as a pivot point to get around certain objects. You know, you put, your, you put the slider against it and just turn your wheels hard and stand on the gas and let it, let it spin the tires and just kind of turn around the tree or rock or stump or whatever it may be. And mine are not capable of doing that. If you were to do that, on okay, they're capable of doing it, but you're going to end up with body damage because of it. <laughs> right. They just don't stick out far enough. And you were, uh, you've told me before, but how long, how much further, um, I mean, how, how far were you going to extend those out? Was it six inches? No, probably just a couple of inches. I want to be able to look down my door handle, you know, basically take a level, put it on my door handle, and actually be touching the slider. Well, two, a couple inches isn't bad. So that couple inches wouldn't uh, put it out to, say, the same uh, distance of the outside edge of your tire then. It would actually be much closer in. Oh, much closer, yes. Okay. Um, another thing that you left out for the sliders is one of the greatest things about a slider is when you end up with tires the size of ours, the stock jacks are absolutely useless. You <laughs> have true. to pretty much have a high-lift jack, and the slider is the greatest place in the world to jack up your vehicle. It's very easy to see, isn't it? You, know, you don't have to get under anything and look and make sure that you're right on the pinch seam or the the uh, axle. And in many cases, if you're off-road, you may not be able to see those things anyway because they may be buried. That's correct. And with the case in mind, you just basically throw your jack down there and start lifting. It's yeah. going to touch it. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to getting some sliders uh, uh, for my vehicle and... Uh, I wish I'd had them before I, I did the quarter panel, but I'm going to take care of that. That'll be just fine. Uh, you know, it's nice, too, because I don't even notice it. Uh, I think if I was uh, 
in my twenties, it would just drive me insane. Um, it bothered me enough doing it that, that day. And, uh, but, but since then really hadn't even thought about it. So pretty, pr- <laughs> <Yeah>, you have <laughs> pretty, pretty happy about it. Well, if it was something like a door or, uh, a fender or something, then it would bother me, but uh, I, don't, I don't ever notice it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, that's why I said, you know, I've got to the point with mine that body damage is really not an option. I mean, if you, if you, you know, I don't want to tear it up severely, but you know, rubbing a tree and having a scratch and a dent out of it, yeah, it's just a way of life. Mm-hmm. Well, and also too, you can wind up uh, messing up a door sufficiently where you won't be able to open and close it. So if you you can look at it from the standpoint, you may not care about doing the superficial damage to the to the door, uh, front or rear door, but uh, in the case of a four door Jeep, but certainly being able to open and close the doors would be a <laughs> would be something that would be. Uh, Less convenient than a, a scratch or a dent. So uh, oh, yeah. the sliders, and, the sliders are a very good idea, even if you're not doing rocks. Yeah, and I agree with you. And that's one of the reasons I want to extend my sliders out a little bit more, because you know the the, the real vulnerable spot of our jeeps is right where the front and the rear door meet. You, know, you you bend that in, you're pretty much done. I mean, right. there you know now you can't open your back or or, or close your front door. That's right. Um, and that's one of the reasons I want to go ahead and extend them out. That way, there's no way for me to actually hit that. And see, one of the other things that I'm real close to be, uh, doing on mine is I'm going to do a, a cage in mine. But I'm actually going to do like what they call a hybrid cage, which is my halo, my top bars will be on the external part of the Jeep, where all my other bars will be internal. Would you make that, uh, would that be like a, a roof rack, where you would actually be able to put things on, on the roof, or is that how no, it you, you yeah, sure you could, but I won't be using it as a roof rack. Well, that's what I'm I mean, going to say. I how do you removed my roof rack because of getting it hung up on off? You know, when I was out in the trails, right? Okay. But yeah, I actually, um, I just myself personally don't like external cages. The you know the exto cages, I just think they're butt ugly. I mean, and that's just my personal opinion. And you know, some people love them. I'm on the opposite end of that. The only reason I'm even doing the top bars out of the Jeep is because headroom. I'm six foot tall. When I sit in my Jeep, my head's not terribly far from the top of my Jeep. Yeah. And because of that, I don't want to knock my noggin when I'm wheeling it. You know, I don't want to have to wear a helmet every time I drive my Jeep off-road. Right. So I'm going to do it that way, and you know, if I don't like it, I can always cut it off and start over. <laughs> That's the nice part of... Uh being able to do things yourself because you can uh, make changes whenever it suits you, whenever it's the best decision or how it's, or whenever it suits you. Well, and that's the greatest thing about working with metal. You know, if you screw it up, weld the two pieces back together and start over. Yep. It's okay. You know, I, I guess it's funny because I'm no carpenter by any stretch of the imagination. You know, if, if I were to build a house, I'd have a lot of leftover two-by-fours because they're all be cut too short. <laughs> yeah. You know, with, with metal, you know, if you cut it too short, it's okay. Weld it back together. Recut it. It'll be all right. Yeah, it'd be nice if you could do that with, uh, with wood, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. This is Brian XJ, just calling in to tell you that we really like the website, full of a lot of tech and a lot of good people. I always get a response back quickly. Thanks. Have a good day. This is Big Jim 350, and I f***ing love XJTalk.com. 
Are you interested in being a guest on XJ Talk? Well, you can contact me via email, Tony at XJTalk.com. That's Tony at XJTalk.com. Hey, I just wanted to tell you about XJTalk.com. It's a great site. There's no bashing. Everybody's nice and friendly. Great place to be. Did you know that XJTalk.com is on Facebook? Just go to Facebook.com slash XJTalk and friend us. We're also on Twitter, Twitter.com slash XJTalk. Okay, guys, that was our uh, part two of the uh, Rini Argonard interview. Um, of course, the uh, difficulties today made it such that I was not able to edit it properly. So it kind of ended abruptly. And uh, I wasn't really ready for it to end abruptly. <laughs> so, just want to thank Rini very much for doing that one hour long interview. Of course, that took us a little longer than an hour. And uh, as you can tell, it was just a couple of guys talking about Jeeps and things that you do to them. So, just reading the chat room here, uh, Weldman says, When does Barney start to sing? I love you, you love me. Hmm, I'm not sure what you're watching, Weldman. Oh, did Jim make it? Jim did make it. Jim, I was looking for your, uh, looking for a, a text or something that I could send you a message. Uh, I didn't want you getting upset because you were missing the show. Uh, I did look for you on Skype, but I saw that you weren't online there. But glad you made it. And of course, you can always um, uh, watch the show in its entirety by going to iTunes and subscribing to uh, the podcast. And, of course, we'll have the um, the show available on um, Ustream and YouTube and uh, maybe one of the major networks. Um, I'm lying about the major, major network thing. So what's up, guys? How, how, did, you, uh, how did you survive today with uh, XJ Talk being down for... Gosh, what was it? Two hours, like uh, from like three thirty to close to five, and then um, <laughs> and then uh, Jim says porn, um, <laughs> and then it went back down. I guess around five thirty, and was down till, um, gosh, after eight. So I guess it was it was down more like um, five hours today, and. And like I said earlier, this all has to do, at least if it is, if it's the same thing that happened the last time it was in the 20s here, which was what, the last week or something, last Friday, this all has to do with the electric company not planning for enough power to provide everybody sufficient power to run their heaters to keep, to stay warm. And, you know, they need to leave my power alone because I have a gas heater, gas uh, central uh, heat. I've got a gas water heater and I've got a gas fireplace. And last Friday we had chili and I had lots of personal gas. So, yeah, Houston is too cold. Well, it's all this damn global warming. There's uh you know that's that's interesting there's some Mormons just across the street fine people and uh but it is it is cold here of course they've they've always been across the street they were across the street when we moved in and that was about 12 13 years ago 
So we don't have Rini here to ask questions, but did you guys have any questions? I know everything that Rini told me, and it was only, uh, what, a week ago, that uh, or two weeks ago that we, we spoke, so I'm sure I know. Does that mean you're not going to work in the morning, uh, Big Jim? Because I, I would think you on a uh, a roof with 20-degree uh, weather would be lots of fun. I have a joke that I like to uh, I like to put on on Twitter. It, it it makes me laugh, and I don't think it makes anybody else laugh, but but I still enjoy it because I laugh at it. If Al Gore fell over in the woods and there was nobody there to hear it. Would he make a sound? The chat room fell silent. <laughs> Punisher says no. Well, uh, I'm I'm sure that the I'm sure that there is a global climate change occurring uh, because it's a, a secular thing that happens has happened for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You can see that in the uh, the ice core records from uh, Antarctica, North Pole, South Pole, uh, hell, I don't know. One of the poles, um, and I don't mean the Polish. Anyway, so, yeah, I think that there, the climate is changing, and that's that's normal. That's that's natural. It's, it's, you know, just like so many other things. Sun rises, sun sets. It's a cycle in nature. But... What's our effect on it? I mean, we're very minuscule in, in what we do, what we are, and what we do to to the earth. So, man, it just it just really gets me anytime I hear these these things about save the planet. The planet doesn't give a rat's ass about us. <laughs> it will it will survive just fine with or without us. We could drop every nuke that we have, and the earth is going to go. Well, that was interesting. And those cycles are going to clean everything up, and it's all going to go back to the way it was. We just won't be here. There is there is no saving the planet. The planet, you can, we don't possess the technology to damage the planet sufficiently. It's all about saving us. So, you know, if you want to if you want to do a promo <laughs> for that that semi intelligent people can buy into, say, let's save humanity. Although I could probably figure that there's there's pockets of humanity that that you don't care to save, and that's probably why they don't say that. That's probably why they say save the planet. Uh, but anyway, oh, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. No, I was right that time too. Never mind. Water world, water world. That would be cool. Web feet. Exactly. Screw the planet. Let's go mudding, Jim says. Zombies. We don't want to save them. Well, zombies, that would be pretty much anybody in politics. Don't even get me started. God, I hate it. I'm I'm sitting here talking, and then the uh, the screensaver kicks on, and both screens go, go blank. They go dark. And I'm like, oh my God, power outage. I got to move the mouse, you know, and I see everything else here is still on. So, yeah, I figure it's okay. And it was. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. That's it. 
right, Gordon. What you been up to? Big things, Fred. I'm a full-time student at bartending college. Wow. I never had time for a formal education. Well, I decided to make time, but it's not easy. Bartending college is a four-week course. Gee, how far along are you? Well, let's see. This is Tuesday, the third week. Hey, I'm a junior, and I'm late for a daiquiri lecture. Why don't you join me? Why not? Bartending College. You've already spent enough time on the other side of the bar to qualify for enrollment. Bartending College. We'll teach you everything you need to know. You'll get a starter set of bartenders jokes like... So I says to the guy, you can stay, but the cow's gotta go. <laughs> Bartending College. You'll learn how to roll drunks, water the liquor, and skim the cash register. And remember, as the bartender, you drink for free. 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 Last call for integrity. <laughs> You can stay, but the cow has to leave. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. I don't know if you guys could hear that very well. That was kind of the audio was kind of low on that one. I absolutely love this one. Oh wait a minute. I just wanted to say XJ Talk is the best fucking site in the fucking world. And if you think you know of a better fucking site, fuck you. By the way, this is Big Jim three fifty. Bye. Do you like chili? Really hot chili? Then you should try O'Malley's new really f***ing hot chili. That's right, O'Malley's new really f***ing hot chili is so hot it's guaranteed to burn the roof of your f***ing mouth or your money back. Made from the hottest jalapenos, spices, and peppers. After just one bite, you'll say, wow, that's the hottest f***ing chili I've ever tasted. That's O'Malley's new really f***ing hot chili. From the makers of goddamn good chowder and ass kicking soup. Pick some up at your f***ing grocer today. Remember, if it's not O'Malley's, it's not that f***ing hot. This segment is brought to you by Iron Man 4x4, the toughest, most adjustable control arms in the industry. Iron Man 4x4 has a wide variety of rugged off-road suspension products that are overbuilt and underpriced. Visit IronMan4x4Fab.com today. That's IronMan4x4Fab.com. XJTalk.com. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. I want to remind you guys uh, of something that I thought about today. Um, I was, uh, I'm thinking about adding a, a new segment to the show called helpful tips. And basically it would be something that would be relatively short, um, informative that, uh, you know, people may or may not know. I mean, we have all kinds of, um, uh, knowledge levels on the site. So, uh, what I was thinking was one of you, uh, one of you that are listening, um, member of xjtalk.com or not, you could call in to the voicemail line at 530-675-4102 and leave a helpful tip. Um, what would be really good is if you would just say you know, who you are, if you're an xjtalk member, what your name on the site is, where you're located, like um, Lexington, uh, etc., Houston, Texas, etc., and then what your helpful tip is. And uh, I have not tested it out to see how long a message you could leave, but I would imagine you could leave a you know two, three, maybe even five minutes of uh, a message. So a quick helpful tip. And then what I could do is play that on the show. That would give, uh, give you guys a opportunity to be part of the show and, uh, you know, contribute to the knowledge of... Um, people that may not already have this information because keep in mind um, the people that we have in the chat room right now and usually are XJ talk members and we talk about things and we read all the posts so we have a good idea of what uh, what the knowledge level is of the individuals on the site 
but you don't know who might be listening, who might be watching on YouTube or the Ustream uh, recording, so or even just listening to the podcast later. So it would be uh, it would be great if you uh, would uh, jump in and let your helpful tips be known. Well, Stefan, uh, I don't know, or I should say I didn't know all that much either. I have pretty good mechanical knowledge, and it wasn't until I had to start working on my Jeep that I learned things. And, uh, of course, getting on the websites like uh, naxj.org was the first site I I happened on, and uh, it was uh, very informative, and I learned a lot just by reading things. And when I'm under the Jeep uh, or working on things, I can... Um, apply what I've seen, what I've read about, to what I'm seeing, and then uh, make that association of how things go together. And it, it was actually very surprising to me how, how simple the Jeep is. It's, uh, it's a very, uh, very way it's, way it's put together is a very simple thing, and I like that. I mean, you know, an engine, from an engineering perspective, simple is good. It's very effective. I learned a couple of tips, like use a lot of PB Blaster. Well, from what I've read, if you're in a um, environment where it's cold, ice, snow, and they use a lot of salt, which uh, you're in Utah, and I, I would assume that they do, um, then yeah, you have to learn how to use the the things that break uh, break the rust apart. Well, you know, the Renex is just a engine, right? I mean, that's the only difference between uh, the HO, uh, the engine that I have in my 98, and uh, the Renex, which was before the, um, what, 96 and before? So I don't think that, I mean, there's, uh, what is it, they, the Renex systems have a uh, um, a closed, um, gosh, lost it, radiator, Cooling, engine coolant system. They have a closed system, whereas the 96 or 97 Ford have an open system. Oh, okay. So what what was it? uh, So 92 would be the HO engines? Okay. Well, that's good to know, because I I would like to get another uh, Cherokee at some point. Um, and it would be nice to get one that would be a um, a similar engine to what I have, and not um, and not a Renix, simply because it would be different than what I'm used to. I'd love to have like a another '98 or '99, uh Jeep Cherokee. Actually, I'd like to have one for my daughters to drive. They. Uh, my oldest daughter is uh, well. Actually, they're both driving age now. My uh, my youngest daughter just turned sixteen yesterday, so she could technically start driving. We can't afford for them to, but they technically could be driving. I wouldn't want them being driving. Wouldn't want them driving around by themselves anyway. It's just uh, not something that I would uh, be comfortable with. Although I started driving when I was sixteen, and man, I was all over the place. My parents were crazy. They shouldn't. They should have been keeping closer tabs on me. But what are you going to do? Well, I hope the uh, the low turnout in the chat room is just uh, 
um, a sign of starting late and not a, uh, a decline in our viewership. Although I think there's a few people that, um, that would have been here. I know Rini would have been here if it wasn't past his bedtime. Actually, we lost somebody, and uh, and Wayne's not here. I just realized that uh, Cantab twenty seven isn't uh, isn't with us either. Oh well, they can always uh, always watch on the uh, watch the recording or listen to the recording. Yeah, he may have been on closer to eight o'clock uh, when the the show eight o'clock central when the show was supposed to be bit on. Let's see. Weldman says, Tony, did you see my grill guard I made? No, I didn't. Um, of course, uh, I the, the site didn't come up until about 8.15, 8.20. I had a bunch of database errors that I had to correct. And I was uh, uh, in the middle of getting all this set up, ready to go, and kind of double-time method. So um, I haven't had a lot of time to read anything that's on the site, but I'll be, be going there now here in a minute. I think the site's all repaired, and um, there's no more database errors. Just to remind you guys, please call in uh, to our voicemail line, 530-675-4102, and leave your comments, uh, any feedback. Um, and as I said earlier, um, a helpful tip that we can play on the air. Would love to uh, have something uh, other than my voice to play on the show. I mean, listening to my voice was uh, was fun there for at first, but, you know. So, as you, uh, as you know, xjtalk.com, a, a Jeep Cherokee website. We have uh, lots of great people on there. We're getting more members every day. So, if you're not a member, please join Come by and say hello. Uh, my name is Motoroy on the site, and I hope to uh, hope to see you on there. So, guys, b- barring any other for unforeseen uh, situations, we'll see you again next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you very much for showing up tonight, and again, very sorry we're late.